It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and oh boy, oh freaking boy, do we have a ton to discuss today. Not only are we still going to preview the San Francisco 49ers Week 7 matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs and get into National Tight Ends Day, how they can stop Mahomes, can this Niners team bounce back from that loss in Atlanta just one week ago. But we have to look at, react to, discuss, whatever word you want to put in front of it. The San Francisco 49ers breaking the NFL last night, breaking the sports world with the trade, I don't want to say the century, but the trade that will likely be the headline of the NFL's trade deadline season on November 1st. The Niners acquired Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey in exchange for a second-round pick in 2023, a third-round pick, and a fourth-round pick also in 2023, and a fifth-round pick in 2024. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. And it really comes down to Two teams. The San Francisco 49ers outbid the Los Angeles Rams, got revenge for the Matthew Stafford trade in 2021 in that offseason. They get the best of Los Angeles here to snag one of the best running backs. No, no, no. One of the best players in the National Football League in Christian McCaffrey. Now, I'm sure your first thought was, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, it's happening. But I want to give credit where credit's due. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they said F them picks. And they have done what they have tried to do every single year since 2019. They have always been smart, strategic buyers. 2019, it was Emmanuel Sanders. In 2020, it was was trading away Quan Alexander, getting Jordan Willis. You know what Willis and Sanders both did in San Francisco? Sanders huge in 2019. Willis, the big pump block last year against the Packers. And even last season in 2021, what did they do? They went out and they acquired Charles Amenahue, who has been a staple the past two seasons on this San Francisco defensive line. And of course, this year, they make the biggest splash out arguably since their Trey Lance trade, up to number three. And they acquire Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers, again, for a slew of draft picks. Now, your first thoughts might have been, well, that's so much to give up. Why are they giving up so much? I want to calm you down a little bit here because, look, in 2023, San Francisco still holds two third-round picks, two fifth-round picks, one 
sixth round pick and three seventh round picks. And in 2024, they have their first round pick back, a second round pick, potentially four third round picks, a fourth round pick, a sixth round pick, and a seventh round pick. The draft picks they gave up, albeit a lot, equivalent to a first round pick according to Ian Rappaport. It's a lot of picks. I get that. But San Francisco has plenty of picks coming their way on top of the, the the allotment of picks they already have. San Francisco is going to be just fine. And your other concern may have been the injury history of Christian McCaffrey. Now, I get it. Look, it's there. It exists. There is a lot to be concerned about when it comes to can Christian McCaffrey stay healthy. But I do want to kind of sway you in the positive direction because yes you are right this is a concern but the concerns started in 2020 that weird year the COVID year I mean San Francisco knows how all of that went down our injuries were insane Nick Bosa Garoppolo Mostert Solomon Thomas on and on and on we know what it was like in San Francisco Christian McCaffrey is just now finally recovering from what has been two years of injuries after injuries. In 2020, he had a high ankle sprain. In week two, he missed six games. Same year, just in week nine now, he suffered a shoulder injury. He missed four games. Again, same year, 2020, now in December, his thigh tightens up. He misses four games as well. Pretty much the entirety of of the 2020 NFL season. Now going into 2021, he gets a hamstring strain, misses five games. Then he gets an ankle sprain in week 12, misses the remainder of the season. So it really has been two, almost two full seasons McCaffrey has missed since 2020. That's why fans are so concerned. And look, I myself was concerned when San Francisco was rumored to be connected to Matthew Stafford when he was still in Detroit during the offseason of 2021. It was Stafford's shoulders an issue. There may be some concern that he cannot be the long-term answer due to injuries. Why would you go from one hurt quarterback to another? Now, we all know as Niner fans that at least for one year, that trade for Los Angeles has paid off. They are the 2021 Super Bowl champions. Now, I'm not saying McCaffrey's going to have that same impact, but I'm just saying that if it gets you a championship, even if he's hurt in 2023, in 24, in 25, it doesn't matter. Does it hurt your pocketbook? Of course it does. Does it suck to essentially lose draft picks? Of course it does. But if Christian McCaffrey can be a difference maker on this offense and San Francisco wins a Super Bowl, then nobody cares what you gave up. Nobody cares how hurt you are afterwards. If it gets you a Lombardi trophy, the, the quest for six has been happening since 2011. If it can get you that Lombardi trophy, the quest for six, that sixth Super Bowl championship, it doesn't matter. Again, I know there are concerns, but there is real real boom or bust potential with Christian McCaffrey. But I want to let you know that I do believe there is more boom for Christian McCaffrey than bust. He's healthy this year. 
for the first time. We do know, as NFL players, sometimes injuries just linger. Sometimes it takes years and years to recover. And at that point, teams move off of you. And the team that picks you up ends up reaping the reward of the injury. Take San Francisco. We've seen it firsthand. Look at Jason Verrett. Albeit, he was hurt last year. I understand that. But my point is, he was hurt from 2016 and on. What did San Francisco do? Brought him in in 2019. Hey, if you're healthy, great. If not, we'll figure it out. Doesn't play much. 2020, though, he's a freaking boom. One of the best corners in football and surprised the league. Made them comfortable, albeit it shouldn't have been, going into 2021 with him as their number one corner. San Francisco has seen what it's like for a team to acquire an injured player while still injured, mind you, let them rehab and reap the benefits once they're healthy. I'm not saying McCaffrey is Verrett, but I am saying San Francisco has acquired someone so dynamic that the risk is 1,000% worth the reward. Christian McCaffrey, since his rookie season in 2017, he has played 10.7 games, pretty much 11 games a season. He's averaging at least 663 yards on the ground, 5.3 touchdowns on the ground as well. And through the air, 80 targets, 65 receptions, and 548.7 yards per year. Essentially, essentially, McCaffrey is touching the football 200 times and getting you over 1,000 yards on top of eight touchdowns a season. Now, explain to me how that's not worth the risk. I get it. If he's healthy, but you are getting one of the best, not just running backs, not just offensive players, you're getting one of the best football players in the NFL. That's what you're getting in Christian McCaffrey for what? A second round pick, a third round pick, and a fourth round pick, and a fifth round pick? Who cares? This is completely worth the risk for San Francisco. And I want to give you some stats because... This one will blow your mind. If you're still on the fence of how dynamic McCaffrey can be, how worried you might be, since 1950, Christian McCaffrey has five career games with 90-plus rushing yards and 10-plus receptions. That is four more than any other player since 1950. 50. That includes like careers, Marshawn Lynch, Zeke Elliott, Todd Gurley, Frank Gore, Le'Veon Bell. I can go on and on and on. Christian McCaffrey is one of the best dual threats in the NFL. And you add him to Debo Samuel. Again, one of the best dual threats in the NFL. George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell. Even if it's Jimmy G this year, you get Trey Lance next year, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk, Juwan Jennings, and I'm not even counting Trent Williams and potentially Aaron Banks, who looks really good this year, and hopefully a beefed up, a beefed up excuse me, offensive line. What they are getting in Christian McCaffrey is one of the best players physically 
in NFL history. History. And he might play on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. And look, the past three years, going back to the injuries, McCaffrey's only played 16 games. And his last quote-unquote full season was in 2019, where he was an all-pro, a pro bowler, and had over 2,300 all-purpose yards. And keep this in mind, Christian McCaffrey's only 26 years old. He's only 26. How can you not look at this and say, this is the perfect fit for San Francisco? Now look, on top of the injuries, the other concern has been, what does the contract look like? Is it too much money? They're going to pay him too much. But I want to make something very clear. San Francisco in 2022, this season, only has to pay McCaffrey $690,000. They're paying McCaffrey less than $700,000. Now, after this year, things change, of course. But in 2023, he has a $19.5 million cap hit and $18.3 million in dead cap. But in 2023, there's an out an, an out clause in his contract. But let's say he opts in, okay? 2024, same cap hit, $19.5 million. The dead cap goes down to $10.8 million. In 2025, $15.4 million cap hit, 3.25 dead cap. San Francisco can save... $12 million by cutting him in 2025. If this thing doesn't work out, if McCaffrey's a bust, if he's hurt, they can get out of this contract in three years. And one of those years, paying him less than seven hundred grand. That's a steal. And let's be honest here, it's not like San Francisco is going to acquire a player like McCaffrey, who has a huge contract, and not try to restructure it at some point. Parag and John, they're going to get together, fix the numbers, and remake this deal to give them the most cap space and get McCaffrey the best deal for him and also the best deal for San Francisco. Like, this is a win-win for San Francisco in every single aspect. I get the injuries, I get the money, but this year alone, San Francisco said, we are all in. We will pay one of the best players in the NFL less than seven hundred grand to hopefully get us to and be part of a Super Bowl winning roster. San Francisco made the right move, the smart move. And it also helps that McCaffrey has been extremely good against the Rams. If he doesn't play against the Chiefs and he plays and debuts against the Niners, in week eight against the Rams at SoFi, that means his last game against or with the Panthers was against the Rams. And his first game with the Niners will be against the Rams. But this year, against those Los Angeles Rams, he had 13 carries, 69 yards, nearly six yards per carry. He had seven catches, 89 yards on eight targets. That is dynamic. That is almost Actually, it's over 150 yards, just touching the ball 20 times. McCaffrey was the perfect fit for 
San Francisco. San Francisco, excuse me. But that being said, McCaffrey's first three years, he didn't miss a game. It's only until 2020 and 2021. That is what has been this microcosm of, well, McCaffrey's injury prone. He's hurt too much. In actuality, it's just been two bad years. That's it. And I get it. That's, like I said last week, the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. I get that. There's a reason why there's hesitation from fans. I totally understand that. But take this year alone. McCaffrey, six games, six starts, almost 400 rushing yards, already two touchdowns on the ground, and 20 first downs. He's averaging 4.6 yards an attempt, and through the air, he already has 33 receptions, 277 yards, and 8.4 yards per reception and one touchdown. McCaffrey has 30 first downs for a team like San Francisco this year alone that is struggling to get first downs. They have the ultimate first down machine in Christian McCaffrey. Now, look, how they use him matters. My first thought was that put him in the slot, put him in the backfield. He's now your pass catching back. Forget Tevin Coleman. No more Ray Ray McLeod drops out of the slot. Danny Gray's now an even further non-factor. But you get McCaffrey in here to bridge the gap into Elijah Mitchell coming back. Then you have Mitchell and McCaffrey hopefully healthy. Both those guys taking some of the load off each other's plate while McCaffrey can be that pass-catching guy for Jimmy. Like, people can hate Jimmy all they want for all the, the, the dink and dunks and the checkdowns. You are essentially telling Jimmy it's okay to check it down even more because you now have Christian McCaffrey who is the check-down king. He can turn anything in a check-down and a dump-off into magic. Christian McCaffrey, while not as physical, is essentially maybe the more elusive Debo Samuel, right? He just does things in a different way. Screens, backfield stuff, but really, let's be honest here, Debo and McCaffrey aren't too different. They affect the game the same way they're playmakers that San Francisco now can use at will. Imagine being the Chiefs or the Rams, having to defend Debo and Kittle and Ayuk, and now Christian McCaffrey. And come playoff time, if it's the Eagles, again, or the Rams, or the Cardinals, or the Cowboys, instead of saying, let's key in on Debo, or let's key in on Kittle. Now, oh, then there's Christian McCaffrey. You are essentially putting an offensive weapon, one of the best weapons in the NFL, at every level of the defense. Hey, Debo, go deep. Kittle over the middle. McCaffrey, check down. Oh, then Ayuk's still out there. Then Juwan Jennings is still there. Then Elijah Mitchell, Kyle Juszczyk. This Niners offense, at least on paper, is one of the most deadly in the NFL. Now, again, you have to make... You, know, you, you can't just make lemonade with lemons. You have to do some work. Yeah, stir the... You stir the pitcher, put some sugar in there. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you have to do the work to make this thing come to fruition. 
And if you're San Francisco, that so far this year has struggled to move the football, and I mean struggled to move the ball this year, 26th in the NFL in rushing when it comes to DVOA, you just bought yourself a top-five running back. And if you're still having a hard time understanding how big this move is, this will give you perspective. San Francisco now has the best left tackle in the NFL. They have a top 10, top 5 receiver in Debo Samuel. They have a top 5, to some, the best tight end in football in George Kittle. They have the best fullback, albeit one of the only fullbacks in football. Now they have one of the best, a top 5, if not top 3, running back, and I could even say offensive weapon in the NFL if healthy, in Christian McCaffrey. On the defensive side, Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year candidate, Fred Warner, the best, if not, or one of the best, if not the best linebacker in football. Drake Greenlaw, with him and Warner together, and Al Shire, the best linebacking core in football. Mooney Ward having the best year of his career on the outside. On top of Hufunga, having his best year, albeit in year two, with one of the best defensive lines and still the number one ranked defense in football that has the second most sacks in the league. Oh, and here's Christian McCaffrey to help you score some more points, which is the one thing the offense has had a hard time doing. Last week, we talked about how San Francisco's second half scoring has been abysmal. 26th in football. Six points a game, tied for 30th. Christian McCaffrey gives you the ability to now say we have some oomph, some firepower, someone outside of Debo and Kittle. Because look, Kittle and Debo and IU were great against Atlanta. You still lost. Now add McCaffrey into that mix. Maybe he doesn't fumble early in that game. Maybe he actually gives you over seven carries and 25 yards in that game. You are essentially putting this this ticking time bomb of greatness on your offense saying at any moment he can explode for a touchdown. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And you already have three other guys like that. This is a no-brainer for San Francisco by any means of the word. This is Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch saying, look, we have the roster. We have the team. And not only is this move for this year alone, this isn't a rental. This isn't Emmanuel Sanders in 2019 of, if we get there, we might not be able to keep you. This is San Francisco saying he's under our control for the next four seasons until he's 30 years old. How can you say no to that? How can you say no to a team that right now is desperate to score points, that's desperate 
to make a long push into the playoffs, desperate in a point of their season where it could potentially be slipping away. You have the Chiefs, the Rams, the Chargers, the Cardinals. You have to win these games. And I'm not saying it's a desperation move. I'm just saying Kyle Shanahan saying, look, why not? What do we have to lose? Money? We have it. Draft picks? We have it. This move makes too much sense not to happen. And tonight, that being Thursday, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan called the Panthers and said, we want McCaffrey. We'll give you everything but a first-round pick. This is them putting all their chips in saying, we are going all in, but not just for this year, for next year and the year after that. This, like, it's hard to fathom how smart of a move this is. And now, if you would have asked me this six games ago, week one, I would have said, why? He's hurt too much. I don't know. But again, like I said, it's what have you done for me lately, and, and and through six games this year, albeit only six games, Christian McCaffrey has proven that he can stay healthy, at least right now. And that's all San Francisco needed to do or see to say, yep, that's our guy. Like, this is a former almost offensive player of the year you're adding to this roster. And if you can get at least 15 games 14 games out of McCaffrey, how can you not be happy? How is this not a win? Now, again, I get it. It's not just this year. But to add, I guess, more positives, McCaffrey's salaries are non-guaranteed in 23, 24, and 25. He has no guaranteed money on his contract. And again, only paying him 700 thousand dollars under 700 grand this year if you're San Francisco like kudos to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan they pulled off what many fans thought the Rams were going to do I'm sure you like myself said whoo man thank God it wasn't the Rams many fans on Twitter were saying as long as the Rams don't get him or they're just doing their due diligence to make sure the Rams don't get him Well, they did their due diligence and also said, hey, we actually want him. They went beyond due diligence. They signed off on the trade and said, get it done. Get him here on Sunday. And Christian McCaffrey is expected or is likely to play on Sunday against the Chiefs. What a perfect way to kind of, uh, for an offense, for a team that's been injury riddled, that has been hit by so many injuries, of impactful players like Bosa and Williams and Mitchell and Trey Lance. And the list goes on and on and on. For a team that needed a pickup, they're playing a team this Sunday in the Chiefs that they have a history against. That I'm sure, to a certain degree, they're sitting there saying, like, man, like, we're banged up. We have to go out there and fight, but the running game ain't working. Kyle Shanahan doesn't want Jimmy throwing 41 times can't have Wilson fumbling. And they said, well, to give this team a kick in the butt, to give them a kickstart, 
Let's get one of the best offensive weapons in football, bring him in here, and have him freaking light a fire under our butt. And look, this move isn't just a move that helps you in the running game, but in the passing game. This move helps Debo and Kittle and Ayuk, and it also helps Jimmy Garoppolo. And on top of it, it also gives Kyle Shanahan essentially his third Swiss Army knife. He has Juszczyk, he has Debo, and now he has a player that he can just play around with and toy with and go, what are all these plays I can make for you? Put you in the slot, put you outside, put you in the backfield. Anything that I can do with Christian McCaffrey, I, he can be a mad scientist now. They can go five wide for the first time since what seems like Garcia. Even during the Cap and Smith years, it was you got Crabtree, who's a number two, you got Vernon Davis, you got Gore, and you got Randy Moss, I guess. You got Josh Morgan. Now San Francisco can logistically, from left to right, go Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle. Jennings, Ayuk, and actually run five wide. That's how important, impressive, and strategic this move is. They can, like, what they can do offensively now, at least from a schematic standpoint, is limitless. Limitless. Now imagine a quarterback like Trey Lance. And I don't want to get too far ahead, but I'm just saying that imagine a quarterback like Trey Lance is inheriting Debo. Kittle, Ayuk, Juszczyk, McCaffrey, Mitchell, Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, and a hopefully better offensive line next year. San Francisco said, we're all in this year, and we're all in for the next three to four seasons. That is the impactful, franchise-changing, season-altering move San Francisco just pulled off. And it didn't cost them too much. It wasn't an arm and a leg. And even if it was, you're still standing. And even if things go awry, you restructure, you have an out clause next year, and none of the money's guaranteed. None of it. Like, it's... I know I'm repeating myself, but it's that impressive. It's genuinely that impressive how San Francisco pulled this move off. And, and, and genuinely impressive that they said, look, we are all in. And it's actually really funny because, look, San Francisco essentially got the Panthers' head coach fired and then traded for their best player in the span of two weeks. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. That San Francisco pretty much decimated Carolina so bad it forced them into a rebuild. And then they said, hey, why don't you go ahead and give us your best player? And Carolina said, okay. Like, talk about the steal of the century, at least for right now. We'll see how the deal actually pans out. But this is a homecoming for McCaffrey, too. McCaffrey now finally comes home. There's ties with Shanahan, his father, and, and Mike Shanahan. Kyle used to babysit Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey went to Stanford. John Lynch is a Stanford guy. Like, this just makes and made too much sense 
not to happen for San Francisco. Now, he's supposed to play on Sunday. He's supposed to hopefully likely play on Sunday against the Chiefs. And Ian Rappaport said that he will likely, again, quote-unquote, likely be in the red zone. So really what it does is it helps San Francisco or gives him a better chance of scoring in the short field. We have no idea how much he's actually going to play. He could play two snaps, could play 10 snaps. I mean, he's already talked to Shanahan. I'm assuming he already has a playbook. So on the flight back to California, I'm sure he's watching and reading and trying to figure out what's going to happen. But he's going to be here on Sunday. Suited up. No idea what number yet. Hey, Jeff Wilson Jr. may have to lose that number for the rest of your time in San Francisco. Now, that, that, that may cost McCaffrey a pretty penny, but by all means, he can afford it. That being said, if McCaffrey plays on Sunday, this game between the Chiefs, at least in my opinion, has become, well, it maybe already was in your eyes, this is the game of the, of the year by far. Now, maybe not to you know what it means in the grand scheme of things, because even if San Francisco loses... They're three and four. They can go into you know the halfway mark of the season, four and four with a win against the Rams, and you are one win better than you were last year, right? So and there's so much more season to play that this game could be meaningless, right? That being said, you give me just hear me out. You give me a game between the Chiefs and the Niners that not only has history behind it but this game also includes Mahomes and Jimmy G one of the best quarterbacks if not the best quarterback in football and right now one of the more polarizing names in football in Garoppolo you give me Christian McCaffrey George Kittle and Travis Kelsey Kelsey excuse me on national tight end day you got Debo and you got Juju TikTok Schuster with Brandon Ayuk after his breakout game last year against or last week against the Falcons, with Trent Williams and Nick Bosa potentially coming back from injuries, with the defense of the Chiefs with Chris Jones and Eric Reed. I mean, my goodness. This game has storybook, has meaningful, has impactful, it has every word in a freaking thesaurus you can put next to it. This game, it is ripe with just, or it's oozing with the words I can't seem to find out of my mouth. Like, did this game just, if you're asking the NFL, put two games together that should be in prime time on Sunday night football. This is the game they would pick. Because there are stars on every single position. It doesn't matter who has the ball. Something big could happen on any play. This game could be a shootout. It could be a dogfight. That's how, really on the spectrum of how this game could go, it's a big fat, we don't know. <laughs> because that's because there, there is so much that can happen. It's unpredictable. And on top of that, not even being played on the field, this Sunday is 
San Francisco's day to celebrate the 2012 Super Bowl team. It's Jim Harbaugh's first day back since he got fired by Jed York. Harbaugh will be there. Alex Smith, Alden Smith. We know his history. Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, Justin Smith, and many, many more players are going to be there on Sunday. This game has, again, just so much history behind it. And now we have to actually dive into what's going to happen on Sunday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Because if you are San Francisco, right, you got this big kick in the butt, this big firecracker McCaffrey, hey, he's our guy. They're all tweeting out, wow, holy, oh my goodness. And you might get Bosa, Ebukam, Drake Jackson, Jimmy Ward, Trent Williams, McGlinchey all back from injury. Like, this is the game where the reinforcements are here. The starters that you missed last week are back, potentially. And you have your most, if not the most, one of the most hated players in football. The player that you were up 10 points in the Super Bowl against. That 80% of this team still remembers. They dream about. They look back and they go, if we just had one more second, one more play, we could have had him. If I wasn't held, Nick Bosa is sitting there fuming. And if you think Jim Harbaugh is not going to be in the stands, in the press box, screaming and yelling, saying, they're holding him! They're holding him! Like he was against the Ravens, against his brother, when the lights went out on the last series of the game, Think think twice, because San Francisco needs to go out there on Sunday and make a statement. This is the game for them to say, okay, now we're back. Last week, we were hurt. We didn't have McCaffrey, but now we're feeling ourselves. Now we're feeling like we have our swag back. And the way to do that is you have to get to Mahomes. San Francisco's offense has had trouble scoring. So what do we need on Sunday? The defense to make a statement early to then give that offense even more oomph behind their play. And Mahomes this year has been blitzed 49% of his dropbacks, the second highest, and pressured 24.6%, the eighth highest. Getting pressure on Mahomes is not hard. His offensive line is not that good. The issue is, he's only been sacked 11 times, the 12th lowest. We know Mahomes' maneuverability, what he can do to extend plays, that's what he's amazing at. But if you're San Francisco, and you have the second most sacks in football this year, 23 just one behind the Cowboys. What's the one thing, and, and I'll I'll ask you this, what's the one thing if you're a defensive player? What's the one thing in your head you're thinking? I want to sack Patrick Mahomes. 
And guess what? You have a great chance to do it. Because Nick Bosa's back. Drake Jackson will play. Ebukam should play. And you're going against an offensive line that's allowed 24.6% pressure rate. The 8th highest in football. If you can get Mahomes down, it's easier said than done. But securing the sack, finishing the job, is the number one thing San San Francisco's defense needs to do on Sunday. And look, it's not going to be easy because the Chiefs offense this year, averaging almost 30 points a game, and that's without Tyreek Hill. That's without a consistent running game. And in the red zone, they are more deadly. They are the second-best red zone team in football at 76%. The Chiefs offense, despite losing Tyreek Hill, despite having a bad offensive line, despite having an inconsistent running game, is still near the top in the NFL in every single offensive category outside running the football. And that starts with Patrick Mahomes. And you already know how great he is. You do. But Mahomes this year has been, despite not having his top offensive weapon in Tyreek Hill, who is now in Miami, he is tied for the lowest, or the second lowest, excuse me, interception rate, 1.7%. He's averaging nearly 290 yards through the air this year. And against NFC teams, he has the second highest winning percentage at 882, or .882. He's 15-2. That's the second highest active win percentage against NFC teams. And he also currently has the fourth highest second half passer rating. For a team like San Francisco that is averaging six points in the second half, it seems like this is your biggest test of the season. A mobile quarterback that can throw downfield when you might not have Mooney Ward or Emmanuel Mosley that leads an offense that is averaging 30 points a game with a quarterback that has the second lowest interception rate and is the fourth best quarterback when it comes to second half passer rating. That is what they call Mahomes magic. And it unfortunately comes with a mixture of a killer Kelsey. Because Travis Kelsey this year is on pace for over 1,200 receiving yards. To give you context, if Kelsey eclipses 1,000 yards this year, he will have as many consecutive seasons with 1,000 plus yards as Julio Jones, Hall of Famer, Antonio Brown should be in prison, Calvin Johnson, Hall of Famer, Andre Johnson, Borderline Hall of Famer, and Michael Irvin, the freaking playmaker, he Hall of Famer. Now, if you're the defense of San Francisco, what do you do? You got to get sacks, and you have to limit Kelsey and Mahomes. Now, again, much, much easier said than done, by all means. But uh, I would rather have, I don't know, Byron Pringle, who doesn't play in Kansas City anymore, hurt me. Let Juju Smith-Schuster hurt you 
than Travis Kelsey. Anybody else, right, to to take what the the Golden State Warriors did against the Memphis Grizzlies, right? They will let anybody else hurt us but John Morant or against the Celtics. We will let Jalen Brown hurt us. Al Horford hurt us. Anybody else but Jason Tatum. That is exactly what the Warriors did. And if you're the Niners, anybody else but Kelsey can hurt us. And look, Mahomes is going to Mahomes. That's just how the game is played. That's how good he is. It's very rare that you stop a top five quarterback in football. That being said, he looked human against the Bills. And if you're San Francisco in a defense that is, again, number two in sacks and is yet to allow a touchdown at home this year, and you're getting back your stars, this just feels like a game where San Francisco is going to bounce back. And maybe I'm being overconfident because they have McCaffrey. Maybe I'm feeling pretty good. (laughs) Maybe that's just me. But Jimmy Garoppolo has the best winning percentage when he's an underdog of any quarterback in NFL history. Kyle Shanahan, one of the best underdog head coaches in football. And if you're San Francisco, a team with their back essentially against the wall, because if you fall to three and four, then it's you got the Rams on a bye week sitting there saying, okay, they got McCaffrey, so what? So what? And now they're at SoFi? What happened in SoFi last year, huh, San Francisco? The last thing you want to do if you're San Francisco is fall to three and four. And the one of the first things, the one thing you want to do if you're San Francisco is to eliminate any possibility of you being in the exact same position you were last year. How do you do that? You get a victory on Sunday against the Chiefs. And that's how... You can turn this thing around. And look, for San Francisco's offense, one of the biggest keys this year has been third down. When they're good on third down, they win. When they're bad on third down, they lose. Taking out week one, monsoon game, okay. Week two to week six. Week two against Seattle, 40% on third down, got the dub. Week three... Against the Broncos, 10% on third down, by far their worst week, a loss. Week 4, 42%, got a dub. Week 5, 58%, got a dub. Week 6, 37% against Atlanta, took an L. Hey, San Francisco, all I'm asking you to do is finish 40% on third downs. The trends show if you can do that, you will win this game. Now, by all means, be better than that. <laughs> like, please shoot for higher, but at least give me 40. That indicates, just by stats, which aren't perfect, but by stats, you can win this game. And look, the Chiefs' defense is not that good. They rank 28th in football in, in DVOA. Essentially, an overall rating of how good they are, 28th, the fourth worst defense in football. The fourth worst They've allowed 15 touchdowns to one pick. They do not get Mahomes the ball back. They've also allowed 20-plus points in 11 straight games. Their franchise record is 12. 
And they have one game in their last 11 with multiple takeaways. This Chiefs team is not good, allowing 15 touchdowns to one pick this season. They will give you opportunities to score. And they will not take the ball away. Jimmy two-pick Garoppolo, some may want to call him. This is your chance to have a spotless game again for the third time this season. And this is also a game where you can play keep away. You're San Francisco. You want to run the football. You don't want to have Garoppolo throwing 41 times in the game. You know that. I know that. Garoppolo knows that. Shanahan knows that. So what do you do? How do you quote-unquote limit Mahomes? How do you limit what Kelsey can do offensively? Well, you run the ball against the defense that has the 29th worst, or excuse me, the third worst success rate in football and the fourth worst offense in football. They're giving up the 24th worst expected points per play. That's how bad they've been. They are bottom five, bottom 10, in three of the most important categories when it comes to defense. If any game this year, despite many games they should have done this, if any game this year, if San Francisco can be successful at keeping the ball for an extended period of time, winning the clock management, the T.O.P. time of possession, it's this game. And against a quarterback like Mahomes and Kelsey, it may be the game of the year where it's most important. The way you don't let them hurt you is do not give them the ball. Don't give them a chance to hurt you. How do you keep yourself from shooting yourself in the foot? Well, maybe you don't hold the gun, right? Same thing. If you're San Francisco and you say, look, we have McCaffrey, he's limited, but we have Debo, we have Kittle, we have Ayuk, and we're we're playing a defense that can't stop us. In anything we do, they can't stop us. What do you do? How do you make the other guy that you know will hurt you, despite your number one offense, you do not let him touch the ball? You say, hey, you want to get the ball? You're going to have to take it away. Oh, wait. You literally are having one of the worst touchdowns to turnover ratios in football. Now, I want to be very clear here. I think one thing that people are missing in this is that Steve Spagnola dominates Kyle Shanahan. Way back to when he was in Houston and Cleveland and Atlanta, Steve Spagnola has always, at least defensively, had Kyle Shanahan's number. And that right there, despite how bad the Chiefs' defense is, that is one of the biggest circles I have of, oh, that's the next factor. That might be a problem. Because even in 2019, the Chiefs' defense wasn't great. It, it was good. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, it was good. But it was not great. And they nutted up late in that game, and they were able to stop San Francisco. Spagnola is one of the best defensive coordinators when it comes to second-half adjustments. Now, he does not have the personnel this year to do many of those things. He doesn't have Matthew and Clark, right? But he still is one of the best when it comes to putting his players in positions to succeed. There's a reason they're 4-2. and two. Now, look, a lot of close games this year, I get that. 
but they only put up 20 points against the Bills defense that right now is not better than San Francisco's. To me, that's a point in San Francisco's favor. And the Chiefs' defense right now is atrocious. And you have an offense that is looking for consistency, that's looking for a spark. They had that in McCaffrey, but is also looking for a game that they can get back to their identity, to running it 35-plus times, to passing it 22 times. This is the game to do so. This is the game to reestablish who you are on the gridiron. And if you're San Francisco, you should be licking your chops. And I think on Sunday, because of that, and again, maybe I'm too freaking hyped up because we have McCaffrey and I'm feeling pretty good. I'm seeing Halloween ends tomorrow morning. I guess when you get this podcast, it'll be uh, the morning of. And I'm pretty pumped. I I want to see Michael Myers stab some fools. I want to see McCaffrey juke and jab some fools on Sunday. I'm pretty pumped up, right? But I'm going to go ahead on a limb and say San Francisco wins this game. Wins this game 27-23. to Giving Mahomes and the Chiefs two losses in a row. Getting back on track and showing that they are still alive in the NFC West despite still being in first place. That they are getting this offense back on track and adding Christian McCaffrey. That they still run, or the NFC runs through them. How do you prove that? You beat one of the best teams in football. That was just shown the AFC doesn't run through them and let them know the NFC is not going to back down to them either. That the Chiefs can't beat the Bills, and they also can't beat San Francisco, which in my opinion, when all systems go, are the best team in the NFC. And that's not me being a homer. That's just me being honest. So, okay, 27-23 San Francisco wins. But look, there are plenty of injuries that, or excuse me, plenty of players that are questionable for San Francisco. And to know if they're going to play, who's going to play, who's not going to play, when that injury report comes out, you're going to want to follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. You are not going to want to miss a thing because, look, this game is huge. You want to know which player from that 2012 team is going to be on the field at Levi Stadium to celebrate that 2012 Super Bowl team? You're going to want to follow us on social media. Also, if you want to attend the game on Sunday or any game this season, use promo code 49ers access 49 E-R-S-A-C-C-E-S-S at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase, again, at SeatGeek.com using promo code 49ERSACCESS. 49-E-R-S-A-C-C-E-S-S. Don't forget to leave a like, share, subscribe, leave that review. Tell your friends about this podcast. Also, tell me how you feel about Christian McCaffrey becoming a San Francisco 49er, and tell me how confident you are in San Francisco getting the job done on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs on social media and on chalkboard every game day. We're on there. 
reacting to every single play. You can follow us and join us on Chalkboard. It's basically Reddit, but about the NFL, about the San Francisco 49ers. What's not to like? And until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett. I hope you enjoyed my fiery energy and passion tonight. Because look, it's a big game on Sunday. You have to get a win. And we just acquired one of the best players in the National Football League. I'm excited. I can't wait for Sunday. And I am just extremely, extremely happy that this franchise is saying, F them picks. We are going for it all for the next three seasons. That is, if you're a fan base, you know how this front office feels. And that is one of the best feelings. It may backfire, but when you know the direction of your franchise, it makes you extremely happy that they are they have the same mindset you do. Let's go win it all. And that starts this Sunday against the Chiefs. Win on Sunday, then keep that moving. Let's go on that killing spree like Michael freaking Myers. Beat the Chiefs, beat the Rams, beat the Chargers, and beat the Cardinals. Talk about a Halloween surprise, a Halloween trick-or-treat. Forget the trick. Let's go out there and treat some fools to a big fat L on Sunday and send Mahomes and Kelsey packing back to KC. And until next time, thank you for listening. My name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast, and stay faithful.